Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Cryer bounce pass to Shed. 4.17 to go. Cougars by seven. Shed to Cryer. Cryer attacking. Back out to Shed. Left wing for three. Got it. Jamal Shed drills the three. Undeterred to the left. Foster thought about a three. Instead, back up top. McCain will launch and hit again. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln. We're brought to you by Dyer Law. If you have been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can count on the Dyer Law team to provide you with a helping hand when you need it. No matter what you're dealing with, call the Dyer Law team at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law to chat with trusted professionals about your personal injury claim. That's D-Y-E-R dot Law. We are efforting our friend John Fanta here. Um, he is one of the premier voices in college basketball. He works for College Basketball on Fox as well as uh, does some commentary for the field mm-hmm. of 68. Um, really, this is one of my favorite college basketball weeks of the year because you get like Maui, you get all the exemption tournaments. So you get some really marquee matchups. Competitive basketball. Yeah, some great matchups in, in basketball. Um, and it's, it's honestly one of my favorite college basketball weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, um, it, before we even get into that, because as you said, the Maui matchup is incredible. Um, you know, I mentioned just the names to C.L. Brown last mm-hmm. week, and you get the best of four of the biggest basketball conferences out there. Uh, but you're getting a lot of competitive basketball right now, too, from the local teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, we're, I'll start with Nebraska, who was over at the, at the Pentagon. Um, just this weekend against Oregon State, and you know, early points or early points in that game, you're kind of like, okay, like nobody's really like finding rhythm just yet, and then you you blink, you go to the bathroom, you go get a <laughs> snack from the fridge, you come back, and Nebraska's up thirty, yeah. right? Or or at least that's what it seemed. Like, yeah. It went from fifteen thirteen or whatever it was to thirty eight fifteen in a matter of one trip uh, to the fridge. And, it, you know, it, it's funny because you go back and watch the sequence and you just see how much chemistry this new Nebraska team already has. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm most impressed with is you get a lot of these guys out of the transfer portal. You get Mast. You get Alec. You get uh, um, uh, Williams, who had his best game mm-hmm. in a Husker jersey. And – Instead of everybody, you know, trying just to, to make a name for themselves, because a lot of times you get that uh, with, with transfers. They come in and they just want to, like, prove to people why they belong. Yeah. And in this case, it's almost as though the Huskers are like, no, everybody's, everybody's at the same 
Everybody has the a same role. spot. Everybody has right? a spot on this team. Yeah, yeah. No, no one's on a higher pedestal, even though Casey Tominaga came in with all the hype, which mm-hmm. I thought he shot the ball fairly well um, and, and confidently, especially in the second half of that game. But they didn't really need him to be um, a god uh, out there on the floor because they had so much production everywhere else. And uh, because of their ability to move the basketball mm-hmm. and, and and have the margin they did in the assist-to-turnover department – there's not a lot of games Nebraska will lose if they play basketball the way they did. Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be some teams that they're there's just they're a little overmatched with, right? And and Oregon State um, is not a great basketball team. They've they've they're a power five opponent, so it was a good uh, step up in terms of tests just from where Nebraska had been at. Um, but this is a a Oregon State team that has struggled a bit, but Nebraska answered the call and they were able to uh to go away from home for the first time in the neutral site game in Sioux Falls uh to play Oregon State and listen the defense has been really good all year they haven't allowed an opponent over 63 points and it's been I think really encouraging to see like you said kind of everybody is is finding their roles you know even uh Tominaga who Hasn't really lit the world on fire yet, although he, he shot it well, but only eight points, only six shot attempts. I, I like that he's not forcing it. I like that the other guys are stepping up. You mentioned Bryce Williams had 25 points. Uh, Mast had, had 15. Juwan Gary coming back had yeah, 12. Yeah, I forgot about Juwan. That was a big one. Uh, that That's going to be a big piece for Nebraska moving forward as well. Um, and you just you like that everybody seems to have a role and that – you know, on any different night, you've got a handful of guys that could lead the team in scoring and you'll still be okay. This isn't a situation where, like, hey, if this guy isn't going off, Nebraska's in a lot of trouble. They've got some options. Now, they're going to find teams later on down the schedule that they are outmatched against, and that that's going to be interesting to see how their cohesiveness and continuity can kind of see if that can overcome some of the talent uh, differential as you get later into the season, um, especially into Big Ten play you're going to have some teams that you're just not as talented as. And so Nebraska is going to drop some games just because of that. You know, uh, we talked to Mike Sauter last week about how uh, there's not a ton of, you know, length, athleticism, twitchiness on this Nebraska team, but they do seem to be a very solid basketball team. And so it is going to win you a lot of games. And, you know, last time we talked to John Fanta, he said Nebraska's going dancing. If they continue to play within themselves and and play the roles that they need to play, that's definitely on the table. You only have to – I mean, they're 5-0 right now. I thought they had to get to 9 or 10 non-con wins in order to get to that number of of 18 or 19 in the – uh, in the overall season to, to get a win there. They still have Kansas State, North Dakota, South Carolina State, and uh, Creighton on the not, Creighton and Cal State Florida on the non-con schedule. So if they can win four of those five, they're in a really good spot. They should obviously beat they sh- three of those are should wins, right? South Carolina State, North Dakota, and Cal State Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Now Creighton and Kansas State are the best two teams on that schedule. Kansas State or Creighton, Creighton is still undefeated as well. We'll get to them in a second here, but Kansas State has struggled at times already in the early season. I don't know that all of their pieces have slid in as seamlessly as they wanted them to. So Nebraska is going to have an opportunity to get to the number of wins they need, and you know there's there's an opportunity for them to 
I thought they'd be an NIT team, but if they go get those 9-10 wins in the non-con and then go 500 in the conference schedule, right. the, the NCAA tournament's right on the table. Yeah, they're, they're on pace to do exactly what uh, was predicted yeah. of them if they were going to get yeah. uh, to a point where they're playing in the NCAA Oh, and they have Duquesne on, t- on Wednesday. I forgot about right. Duquesne. So they could actually lose both. Creighton and Kansas State, and still get to nine non-con wins. And you know, let's let's be let's be frank here. Like they didn't light the world on fire either from um, the, the the shots that that were falling for them. But defensively, that's where that's where they get their money. Yeah, they only shot. I mean, forty-six percent from the field. That's not a crazy number. Thirty-three percent from three. That's a below average number. I mean. But but you hold Oregon yeah. State to 35% yeah. from the field, 27% from three. And I don't even take into account their free throw percentage because you look at it and you're like 61%. Like a, Nebraska needs to be better. Mm-hmm. But if you look at who shot free throws for this team, a lot of them aren't uh, your top guys. Mm-hmm. Um, young guys, whether it's a transfer or, or, or freshman uh, that went 0 for 2 or 1 for 2. Uh, but So that's beside the point. Where I really applaud Nebraska is in the rebounding department. Mm-hmm. They out-rebounded Oregon State 44-31. to I mean, that's a huge gap, especially when 17 of your boards came on the offensive glass. Yeah. That's a ton. Yeah, that's a great number for them. And, and if they're able to – and that's an area that's been a problem for Nebraska in the past, especially um, they haven't run out always the biggest or most athletic teams out there, especially on the front line. That's a great number for Nebraska if they're able to – 22 second chance points if they're able to yeah that's a great conversion rate on the on the offensive rebounds like you were talking about if they're able to continue at least sticking in the rebounding margins as they get into big 10 play because obviously it's going to get a lot tougher against big 10 teams then that'll be a good sign for them Um, them not having to shoot the lights out of the ball to beat a team by 20 is a really good sign for them as well Um, so Fred Hoiberg's team they and fact of the matter is Nebraska has lost a lot of these by games in the last handful of years under Fred Hoiberg. They haven't lost any of those yet. Obviously, Oregon State's not a by game, but Lindenwood, Florida A&M, Ryder, Stony Brook, um, Duquesne coming up, Cal State, Fullerton, uh, South Carolina mm-hmm. State, North Dakota. These are all games, you know, and they've still got a few of those left, obviously, but these are games that Nebraska has usually dropped one, sometimes two in the past uh, under under Fred Hoiberg. So the their ability to not drop one of those so far to me is the most important thing like sometimes as a basketball team as a football team whatever we talk about this with Nebraska football all the time just winning the games you're supposed to win is to me half the battle is getting to the point where you're just like hey we can feel confident that this game that we should win we're going to win Nebraska football is not quite there yet you know Michigan State's a game they probably need to win that one they dropped it but the rest of their losses, you look at it and you're like, ah, I mean, it's pretty understandable. It's either coin flip games or, or, or games that they were supposed to win and they won. Nebraska basketball is kind of getting to that point where you can trust them. It feels like, you know, we're still early in this year. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But yeah, it, you don't want to just – you kind of want to come back to reality. It feels like you can start to trust them at least to win some of these games that they're supposed mm-hmm. to win. Now – It'll be interesting to see against Kansas State. That's kind of what I'm keeping my eye on. Um, obviously, I have no ability to be impartial with Creighton, so I'm just going to skip that one until we get there. Um, but that Kansas State game is really interesting because that's a game where you probably think, hey, Kansas State a little down. They're 3-3 three and three this year, not lighting the world on fire. That's an opportunity for Nebraska to come and get a win. 
against a Power 5 opponent, that's a game in years past where they would maybe drop it. That's one that I'm really going to look at as kind of a barometer for where they've actually made progress as a team. I think that's going to be really interesting and, and, and very telling of what we're looking at for Nebraska this season. And as for Creighton, they're 4-0 too. Yeah, they're 4-0, uh, looking good. They, you know, you have to be, if you're Greg McDermott, you have to be pretty pleased with how everything has looked. Um, the offense has looked stellar for the most part. They didn't shoot it as well against Texas Southern, and Texas Southern kind of uh, wanted to play that game a little bit slower, uh, certainly slower than Iowa wanted to play, <laughs> which, I, you know, I, I said this before. If, if you're going to try and run with Creighton, like, that's probably a mistake. Mm -hmm. There's not very many teams in the country that are going to get the better end of a shootout with Creighton. Um, and Creighton, again, they didn't light the world on fire, 46% from the field, 35% from three, although they did shoot 43, so that's, <laughs> that's a ton of them. But yeah, that's uh, pace-wise, yeah, <laughs> pace that Texas Southern game probably isn't what Creighton would have wanted, but they were still able to come out with a 30-plus point win. They've looked really good so far this year, and they're – you know, their uh, little trip to Kansas City, not quite as uh, sexy as the Maui trip last year. But, I know. Um, I know. <laughs> you know, they go, they've got Loyola Chicago on Wednesday and then the winner of Boston College, Colorado State on Thursday. You know, they've, they really don't, ha I mean, honestly, the, their toughest matchup is probably going to be Nebraska on mm -hmm. December 3rd. Uh, at least in this early part Until of the season. Until they get to, like, Bama. Yeah, they go at UNLV, which I think UNLV is okay this year. I'm not going to lie to you and pretend like I've watched them a ton already. And then Alabama is the big uh, one left on the non-con. But with the way, the way Nebraska's playing, that Nebraska game very well could be one of their tougher uh, non-con non opponents. Well, you mentioned that trip to Maui last year, and part of me wishes they had that opportunity again this year mm -hmm. because it is such a new look. It may not be a like you know a total wash the board re replenish with, with new guys, but it's stylistically it's a new team. Yeah. And, and again, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Stylistically, I'd like to see how they match up against the Michigan States of the world, the Dukes of the world, the Tennessees of the world. Yeah. In my head, I'm trying to remember uh, the I other think Syracuse, teams. Is Syracuse is there. Syracuse is there. Gonzaga, Purdue. Can't forget about Chaminade. Yeah. Our guy Chaminade. Our, our boys from Chaminade. <laughs> Uh, and Purdue is the other big one. Yeah. So I, I would love to see how they match up against that. Now we won't really get that, as you said, that first tell until Nebraska, until Alabama. And, you know, maybe that's a good thing for Creighton, too, as they still try Probably. to yeah. uh, create uh, everlasting chemistry among the guys on this team. But, um, you know, I want to I see them tested. Yeah. At, at this point now, I'm like, okay, I know what Creighton offers. Creighton offers the ability to, yes, run up and down the floor and score in transition early and often. Mm -hmm. they, they can shoot lights out from anywhere on the floor. They have five guys on the floor that create for one another, and I also thought this was Ryan Kalkbrenner's best game so far this season. Mm -hmm. It got him back into um, his old ways yeah, his of, of last, of last yeah. season. So I know all of that. Now I just need to know if – you get tested again. And Iowa's a good team. So, like, let's not forget that yeah. they weren't, uh, you know. I think Iowa uh, That is... wasn't a strong test. Uh, but I want to see a really good defensive team mm -hmm. try to slow down Creighton. And if and when they are slowed down, how Creighton adjusts. Yeah, how they look. And, and see if they can still come away with that W. Yeah, the interesting thing. So, Nebraska, obviously, is – 
probably the better, the best offensive team or defensive team they'll face till that point. And then you always get a lot of challenges on the defensive end, length and athleticism wise from Alabama, which they'll face in the middle of December. So we don't have to get too much into it on that one yet. But when you look at the Creighton schedule, those are kind of the ones you look at and say, hey, those are going to be the challenges. Those are going to be uh, the opportunities Creighton has to kind of prove it, if you will, in terms of where they're at. I do think they set up the schedule this way kind of on purpose, knowing that they'd be introducing some mm-hmm. new pieces, be ramping up a little bit. They tested themselves with Iowa, got the win. They've got and, and they, they've got a section of opponents that are better than the ones they started with, but not quite as daunting as their Big East schedule will be. And then they start ramping up again with Nebraska. They get a little break with Central Michigan and then UNLV and Alabama. The UNLV game is interesting because it is a true road game in Las Vegas. Um, so that one will be interesting as well. And that well. will be highly attended. Oh, yeah, Any Anytime a top 10 team is in your building, you yeah. know that place is going to get sold out, whether it's Creighton fans traveling and helping that I was going to or... say, I bet you're going to get a ton of Creighton fans out there. Cause, well, there were a ton in Maui. Yeah, there were. And, like – and flights to vegas way cheaper than flights to maui obviously yeah, oh, i know so, um, i know i know all too well i was like you like those flights out to vegas don't you yeah, dude i gotta tell you a quick story here and we'll pivot off of um a basketball just for a slight set, yeah. so i can tell this story yesterday i had a uh, outstanding bet courtesy of our friends over at warhorse uh sportsbook thank you um I, I had a rushing prop mm-hmm. on the bet that was in my parlay oh and so everything had hit okay um it was James Conner, um, over 62.5 rushing yards. It was Dalton Schultz to score a touchdown. He actually got, I think, the first touchdown for the Texans. Kyler Murray to rush one in. Mm -hmm. I mean, the little man scampers. (laughs) And uh, he found his way in. And uh, Tank Dell's receiving yards props, which hit, like, in the first four minutes of the game because that dude just goes down the field and C.J. Stroud hucks, and there he is. So I, I had it was all green. I go get some food. Mm-hmm. I come back. The game is still going on. Uh-oh. I check my bet slip. But guess what happened? What happened? Remember the Anthony Grant treatment that I had? Oh, where, somebody uh, lost some yards? James Conner. Oh, no. Had 65 rushing yards. Oh, no. And uh, he lost three yards on a run, and it went down to 62. Ooh, Can you imagine? Can you imagine that being great? You lost three yards? Yeah. You didn't even fumble. At least AG fumbled it backwards, and that's why I lost. <laughs> I lost three yards on a rush. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, I don't know about uh, any flights to Vegas anytime soon, ex- ex- except for the bachelor party. That's already planned. The bachelor party is already planned. Well, and I wish it was in Maui, though. Uh, right. I'd go watch basketball. That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> uh, the nice thing is you, uh, you don't have to go to Vegas to play sports bets anymore. Yep, you're right. You know, you're you right. don't even have to go to Lincoln if you don't want to, although you well, can if you're already that, that's, there. That's also the problem is, is, is the fact that it just feeds right into uh, – uh, my, my so-called depression. <laughs> <laughs> you just go right over there to Horseman's Park, and you can place bets with our friends over at War Horse Sportsbook. Um, you know, it's uh, – I'm just – sorry, I'm just reading through my timeline here. Uh, mm-hmm. Little uh, breaking news from Whoa. our guy Mike Sodder in the Nebraska preps world. Um, another big retirement in the Nebraska preps world. Jeff Tomlin – Head football coach out at uh, Grand Island Senior High. Mike's brother is <laughs> different. Just different, oh, different, different, Dif- different Tomlins. I thought um, Tomlins coach uh, has announced he's retiring from Grand Island Senior High. So uh, big news there. Um, obviously, 
uh, Miller Norse Fred Petito retire or mm-hmm. announced his retirement a couple weeks ago. So a couple of the uh, a couple of the the better coaches in the state uh, calling it calling it a career after this year. So uh, good good luck to Coach Tomlin as in his retirement and, and hope he enjoys it. Um, yeah. Speaking of um, other other news, I'm. Because we didn't get to this was was Sauter on Friday because you know he he broke it then too, um, Carney's basketball coach out too so because um, he resigned, which is an interesting mm-hmm. story. So um, what's going on in the in, in the coaches world? I was out in out in ESPN Tri Cities area. We got some <laughs> got some coaching movement out there um, with our friends in Central Nebraska. But uh, no, I just wanted to make sure I got that in there. And we're not going to have a ton of time. Uh, to get to uh, some of the other things today. Obviously, tomorrow we'll get to some stuff as well. And then I do want to give like a little little bit of programming note for Wednesday. Um, so we are off Thursday and Friday, just a heads up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will be uh, off the air. Uh, Shane has put together some terrific best of shows. So if you're still craving uh, some some Hurt At Sports radio, you'll be able to, to grab those as well. Uh, but Wednesday, our pre-Thanksgiving show, we're going to preview Iowa. Don't worry. We'll get some stuff. We'll have Sauter on, too. Uh, and Brian Edwards. Yeah, I, of course. Got to get the gambling. <laughs> we'll get Brian Edwards to help preview the football weekend. We'll have Mike Sauter to recap the high school uh, championships. Andrew and I will do most of the previewing of, of Iowa by mm-hmm. ourselves. But I do want to give you a, uh, just a little teaser uh, planning a super fun show for Wednesday, very holiday themed. Um, so just to get your expectations ready to go, we will be previewing Iowa. Don't worry. There's always plenty of Nebraska football, but we're going to have a good time on Wednesday and send you off into your long weekend and your holiday weekend off right. So I'm, ex- I'm super excited about that. We're on what I call the 3-4 right now. Oh, not, not the three three five, like nope. the, the the defense. Yep, like the defense. Mm. How, how's that, Shano? Three work days, four days off. Oh, around the all three right, four. All worst, right. worst, there's worse ways to go. Can we do like the three three five sometime? Like three work days, three sick days, and five days off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I think that's just a three eight. Oh, is know. it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the math there. I don't know. Um, so uh, I guess we're not getting Fanta. Uh, it doesn't look like I'm it. I'm no Fanta that. I am not a Fanta of that as, as hey, it might be. Hey, TK on uh, YouTube, though, asked if we can get some thoughts on or if they can get some thoughts on the UCLA-USC football game. He um, he hopes they don't fire <laughs> Lincoln because he would hate to see a coach who cares about both sides of the ball coach against Nebraska next year. Um, I, it's funny because that is uh, complete sarcasm to, into what UCLA said about Chip Kelly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, no matter what happens in this U, uh, USC-UCLA football game, uh, the guy next year won't be Chip Kelly. You know how hard that is uh, to fire a guy after a big win like that over a rival? Yeah, especially a rival that is <laughs> in a, a significantly um, – has been in a, in a better place than you were. You know, not that UCLA has been terrible under Chip Kelly. It took them a little while to get going, but they've been solid the last few years. But the, you know, USC had national title aspirations this year. Um, they obviously have the reigning Heisman winner mm-hmm. in Caleb Williams as well. And UCLA just goes out and drubs them 38 to 20. Um, it's, I really don't know what to make of that situation. Like, it, there, there's so many better ways to handle that if you do want to get rid of Chip Kelly. But I also kind of look at UCLA and I wonder, like, what do they think they are? You know what I mean? Like, or what do they think they're supposed to be as a football program? Because 
it's not like they have this crazy track record of success. You know, they don't have, I mean, they're not USC with all the national titles and Heisman winners and all this stuff. You know, it kind of seems it's a little Texas A&M-y in that sense, except for without the money, which makes it even weirder. Like, Texas A&M thinks they should win because they can pay everybody whatever they want to. UCLA is broke, like broke, broke. And they're still getting winning seasons out of Chip Kelly. Like, I'm not totally sure how much more they should want. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm just, with, with Chip, I, I, I wonder with fit transitioning over, and I also wonder with, like, um, it, it doesn't seem like he's done anything to really innovate that, that, that no, team. No, not since. So um, that's, that's where I have, where I reserve judgment. Um, but Lincoln Riley, I mean, he may need to look in the mirror. Yeah. Because he blamed everything on Alex Grinch. And I think it uh, could actually fall more on the head coach. Shane's World, coming up next. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.